This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Visit with a member of the Texas Tech National Runner-Up team from uh, 2019, <clears throat> Matt Mooney, at uh, 8.15 this morning, and uh, talk about uh, the TBT, which uh, will take place on Wednesday here in Lubbock, uh, Wednesday through the weekend and uh, of next week, uh, the 19th, so that's this week, yeah. And the, the month is just flying by fast, fast, fast. Uh, another person that's going to be on this uh, TBT team that used to play here, Jamie, from back in the day, Jordan Tolbert. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Good. interesting to see uh, see him. Another big? Another big, yeah. And you got uh, Dejan Kravich from back in the day, John Roberson from back in the day. Uh, John, leading Red Raider in three-point makes. Okay. So, I mean. Wouldn't have guessed that. I know. I, I saw that over the weekend. I was like, wow, that's a, you know, and, you know, part of it was he didn't play on very good teams at all. So, <clears throat> you know, that was kind of a really down period. But I think he was here three years. So that also helps, you know, when you're in one spot for more than one year as opposed to moving around. Only three? I, I I say that it may it may have been four. Let yeah. me uh, let me. Because I would have guessed that somebody would own that record that played here all four years. Because okay, back in the day, Chuck, yeah. players used to go to college and they used to stay <laughs> at that same place for four years. It was like a hundred years ago, right. but they did. They would stay right. there all four was, years, right? And they wouldn't go to another school, right? Yeah, right. No. And sometimes they would leave early for the draft, right? You know, if they were really, really good. But and sometimes they, they played were, for one school. Sometimes they were encouraged to what leave a, uh, because they. Uh, what a crazy way to do that! <laughs> what a crazy way to. Uh, John, it's been ten years since he. Excuse me, twelve years since he played here uh, at uh, Texas Tech. So it's it's crazy to think how. How quickly that has, uh, how quickly that has gone by. Uh, but yeah, he he holds the tech record for career assists six thirty six, and career three point makes with two hundred and seventy four. That's just crazy. And he did spend four years here, so he did he did spend four years here. The best that they did was the oh nine and two thousand ten year. Tech went nineteen and sixteen and went to the quarterfinals of the nit yeah it wasn't a, a highlight time it really wasn't um so hopefully uh hopefully they'll have uh, some good times he's going to be uh 35 in october so it's amazing how everybody gets a little bit older as uh, time goes on it's <laughs> just kind of how that works right is it really amazing mm-hmm. well i mean yeah you know, i was thinking about my way to work this morning i don't know why i was thinking about this um but I was thinking about those Little League kids from 2007, you know, that went to the mm-hmm. Little League World Series. Those kids were 11, 12 years old. They're, they're grown-up people now. They're 27, 28 years old now. Sure, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you go, man, that's that's uh, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I wonder what brought that Little League team into your mind. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I was just thinking, thinking about today and what we were talking about and the weekend and you know you know people were having any success with their lives and stuff like that you know and then that little league team just kind of popped into my mind as i saw the lights from jones stadium by the way i was over at uh, the stadium on friday just for a little bit and uh, they're putting the new turf down looks pretty good mm-hmm. okay it looks really good um they've got stuff coming out of the ground um you know concrete stanchions or poles or whatever support beams whatever they call them and they've got some flooring actually up for the the deck there in the south end zone so they're making pretty good headway and man they had a lot of people over there working so then they were they were working not just talking to each other going ah what do you think about that ah what do you think about that you know thinking do we put a two by four here or does it go over here i mean they were 
they were after it. They looked like an organized team over there putting this thing together. So, it looked, it, I mean, it's not going to be done before. Is there someone in particular that you're comparing them to that you're... I just think sometimes you go to these, go by these construction sites and there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, kind of pointing at the temple, you know, kind of scratching, scratching and just something, just trying to figure it out and how it's all going to, how it's all going to work mm-hmm. or a lot of supervision, you know, one guy working, six guys telling the one guy what to do. Sometimes it's what it seems like. I mean, when I come up to these some of these constructions. And then, lo and behold, stuff gets built. And you just go, how did that happen? Don't know, man. How did that happen? But uh, One guy's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, he's really worked hard. <laughs> like, put his name on the building or something. Right, uh, right. All right, no. All, all, the, all of those, all of those, all of those things. So, anyway, so... Uh, they are they're really really getting after it uh, over there at Rip Griffin Park or at uh, D- Jones Stadium, and Rip Griffin Park too. I mean, I think they've they're probably starting some construction back up to get. Um, I was listening. I don't know that started is the right word. It feels like they probably as soon as the season was over got after it. got after it again. Yeah. yeah, that was a couple months ago. I was listening to Thetford Nashby no. on Saturday. No, just one. Yeah, and it feels uh, like it was longer. The chief architect for uh, Texas Tech was on and uh construction guy and uh he was talking about how they tearing out the old you know one of the old rooms there and gonna be- build in you know indoor batting and pitching and state-of-the-art stuff that it's just really gonna you know improve the the back end of things for the for the team just from you know being able to practice and get ready for games or get ready for the season and all kinds of technology and things like that so sounds sounds pretty cool Yep, that's good. Sounds pretty cool. Have you been into the, the to the lobby or the facility at not, all? Not since it's been finished. I was in there early on, but it's been a while. I wonder if they're going to have a ribbon cutting or anything like that. Or I wouldn't guess so. Not that program. <laughs> okay. They're not going to let anybody see it. No, it's not that they're not going to let anybody <laughs> see it, but they're just, just not what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Then there won't be any... I'm sure if you asked very, very nicely. I could go over there and take a look. You might get a picture sent to mm. you. <laughs> that would be cool. Get a, get a picture sent to me. Maybe Jamie would be over there. I took some pictures at uh, Jones Day the other, the other day just to just kind of take a look and see how it was how it was going. But it's, I mean, it's like I said, it's there. Uh, they're getting after it um, in all kinds of ways. I mean, and the season's going to be starting here pretty quick. You know, September 2nd is the first road game, and September 9th is, uh, you know, the first home game against uh, Oregon. Uh, Dan in Dallas offers this. Chuck, you should get a hard hat and do a play-by-play of some of the construction. I've got mm. a hard hat. Mm, maybe they can put you on that stream. Oh, the construction cam. The construction stream. Oh. Maybe that's who all the supervisors are. Cool. People that think they're Chuck Hines with a construction hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's not a... That's not over a, there, we could, we could um, get you a wireless mic. Sure. Just walk around, talk to the guys. Talk to all the guys. Hey, what are you doing today? What's yeah. what's on your agenda today? Mm-hmm. What do you hope to get accomplished today? Are you worried about the rain clouds? Will that mess things up? Those those types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's probably... Probably a pretty good idea. Uh, 6.39 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Take your thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, big signing for the Tennessee Titans, I think. They uh, are going to sign, it looks like, DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year deal. Uh, could be worth up to $15 million in year one. Give him a base of 12 and then some incentives. He's 31, um, was dinged up last year, and then got popped for some... I don't know, extra enhancements, you know, so didn't really pan out for him with the Arizona Cardinals and kind of helped lead to the demise of that season for Coach Kingsbury at, and uh, along with Kyler Murray, him getting injured didn't help mm-hmm. any. That's a, that's a big that's a big signing for, uh, Tennessee. for Tennessee. Yeah, you know, sure. You know, you're glad that he didn't go to Buffalo. Um, No, I kind of wanted him to go to Buffalo. Oh, and then get the other guy out? Uh, yeah. Okay. No. I think uh, the Patriots were really wanting him, but maybe he looked at their coaching roster and said, uh, Bill O'Brien, I've played for him before, and it didn't go well for me uh, there because they didn't want to pay me, and then they traded me. So, no, 
uh, on the Patriots and yes on the Tennessee Titans. So Ryan Tannehill gets a big, big threat. And this is sure. after this is after they made a trade on draft day to get rid of one of their you know big receivers. So it um, probably will be of help. It'll just be interesting to see if it really, really helps them get to where they want to go. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. Today is July 17th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1922 mm-hmm. because Ty Cobb got five hits in a game for a record fourth time this season. Wow. Dude, good hit. <laughs> good hit. <laughs> Good. All right. Think back to May 15th. Okay. I think of all the things you've done since then. Yeah. You've watched the entire run to the Big 12 tournament and finals in the finale versus Florida for Tech Baseball. Mm-hmm. We've gone on vacation. We've had Big 12 media days. Chuck has helped introduce the youth to Texas Tech athletics. Mm-hmm. We've watched fireworks, cooked out, and somebody in this group has floated a not so lazy river. Well, today, in 1941, for the first time since May 15th, Joe DiMaggio didn't get a hit. Wow. Ending his 56-game hitting streak in Cleveland. Wow. That is crazy. He had a good run. Nobody's... You could call it the best run, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Nobody's had a similar run. 1974... Bob Gibson becomes the second pitcher to strike out 3,000 batters. In 1978, a day that would be remembered for eternity because New York Yankee manager Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson fight in the dugout after Jackson refuses to bunt, causing Martin to suspend him. (laughs) Seems like a legitimate reason. To suspend him or to fight? No, it seems crazy. like a legitimate reason to suspend him because he didn't bunt when he was asked to bunt. 1987, Don Mattingly is the second player to hit home runs in seven straight American League games. By the way, he wasn't done yet. He would actually hit eight in a row. 1990, Minnesota Twins become the first team to turn two triple plays in a game and lose to the Boston Red Sox one to nothing. Oh, man. Well, it does mean you got a lot of guys on base if you're doing that twice. And in 2018, at the 89th Major League Baseball All-Star Game at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., the AL beats the NL 8-6. to The teams combined for a record 10 home runs, accounting for 13 of the 14 total runs. It is National Peach Ice Cream Day. Okay. Happy birthday to Luke Bryan, who's 47. David Hasselhoff, 71. Donald Sutherland is 88. Mason Rudolph, 28. And Rick Barnes is 69. And on this day in 2014, halfway through a flight from Amsterdam to Malaysia, a passenger plane was shot down over the war-torn Ukraine-Russian border. All 298 people on board, most of whom were citizens of the Netherlands, died in the explosion. It was the second Malaysian air flight to disappear in 2014 after Flight 370 crashed over the Indian Ocean on March 8th. It took 15 months to figure out which side of the war the projectile had come from. In October of 2015, Dutch investigators were able to discern that the blast had been caused by a Russian-made missile. And in June the next year, over two years after the plane was shot down, an international group of investigators published a photo of a large part of a Russian-made bulk missile that was found at the crash site. And that is this day in sports history. 6.49 this morning on the morning drive. <clears throat> Thanks, Jeff. We will have uh, Ranger Baseball in the air for you tonight. It's a, a great matchup uh, this week with uh, Tampa Bay. So we'll have it for you tonight at 6.30. Balls and strikes at 7.05. Uh, this may surprise you, may not. Uh, Joe Lenardi has put out another or a new 2024 NC tournament bracketology. Okay. Okay. 
the Red Raiders are now in his field of 68. That's good. Okay. Uh, the Red Raiders are the last four in. and uh, Doesn't they, give you a whole lot of confidence. <laughs> no. They join West Virginia, Providence, Virginia, and Texas Tech as the last four in. So what you're saying is that team still has some work to do. Yeah, right there on the bubble, right? Uh, it's interesting. He he makes a point because the Big 12 will be obviously a 14-team league this year. And he says that, that the Big 12 could learn a little lesson here that there is a considerable ev- evidence, according to Lenardi, that increased numbers will hurt the overall net rankings of Big 12 members in ways similar to what the ACC has experienced in recent years. Also, with the with only the 11-team Big East small enough among high major conference player conferences to play a true round-robin, look for that re- league to realize the largest net gains for next season. So which game do you think is the most important for us to win in order to get in the tournament here, Chuck? The three that we don't have an opponent for for the Battle Four? Or our uh, Big 12 Big East battle with Butler? Yeah, I don't know. Which is the one that you that's, think that we need like to a win lot to of keep sarcasm. off the bubble? That, that sounds did. like a lot of sarcasm there. I, I did feel like that to me as well, and I wasn't completely following. Those are the only games that are on the schedule right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. They're going to be in the battle for Atlantis. Um, and then they're. I would say the ones in the battle for the Big 12. Yeah. Those will be the most important. And what will be interesting to me is... But they're all my favorites. I don't want to just pick one right now, Jeff. What will be interesting to me is which teams are you playing twice and which teams are you playing just once? Yeah, I think every Big 12 fan is is wondering about that. At this you know, point. and then which ones are you playing uh, only at home and which ones do you have to travel to? So that, that, will, be, um, that will be the big question. You know, and we'll wait for that schedule. I saw a quote from uh, Coach McCaslin in the AJ over the weekend, basically saying they still have work to do on their schedule, which seems crazy to me because you would have thought that the previous staff had that schedule pretty much done. But apparently there were there were holes in that schedule. Uh, yeah, and probably some changes. I, I think that... Mm-hmm. I think that when a new coaching staff comes sure. in, they maybe tweak that schedule a little Sure. Bit. But, I mean, here we are. I mean, it's July 17th. You know, that. I mean, we're talking about August, September, October. No, we're four months away from the start of the season. Four months. Okay. okay. I know. Just, you, you were so worried about him getting naming all of his coaches. <laughs> I know. He, still has, kind of he still has He still has coaches to name, too. I mean, he still, he still has some people he's going he's gonna to bring in. But uh, we'll see. Hey. Coach McCaslin's going to do things at his pace. Right. Okay? Yeah. I know. All right. I know. I'm, so I'm okay with that. Got to get used to it. Yeah. Okay. Got to get used to the new pace. You're right. Okay. You're right. And I just need to stay in my lane, don't I? You know, just don't be upset. It'll I'm, happen. I'm, I'm They'll, there will ske- not, they will schedule games. Not upset. And the Red Raiders will get to play them. You want to know? And you will get to go watch them. Do you I'll want- even bet some of them will be at home. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know who our playing opponent is and where that location is, according to uh, Joe Lenardi? No. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, Spokane is the site. Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, well, actually, the, the play-in games would be taking place in uh, in Dayton, right, for the first four. Oh, I don't so, want to play in the first four. Well, that's where you are right now. So you play Providence uh, for the right to get into the, uh, the tournament in Spokane, where you would play the national runner-up from a year ago, San Diego State. Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would enjoy it. I knew you would enjoy every bit of that. So I saved it. I saved it for just, that was the perfect moment for it. Well, I think the the initial point that you made was the one that's that's good is, you know, a couple of additions late here have kind Mm -hmm. of, flipped you from being a team that eh, probably not going to happen this year to um you know you're in the conversation and and even by some you're just playing in yeah so that's that's great news yeah 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 so they're uh they're working on it over there at the womble so they'll 
See, we'll see what they can kind of cobble together, right? Mm-hmm. See if they can handle it. Uh, the other thing, that my spot in line for an upgrade is Thursday. So uh, I'm curious to see if there's an opportunity for me to have reserved seats because, you know, in previous years, just, you know, went ahead and did the GA thing and then, then there became no reserved seats available. So I'm curious to see if uh, there's going to be a reserved couple of seats for me and the lucky lady on Thursday morning. It's when our allotted time. I mean, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I, I really think that's what all of the Big 12 is wondering about. <laughs> Whether or not you and the lucky lady are going to have reserved reserve seats. seats. Right. I think that's what, I mean, all of Lubbock, really all of the entire Big 12 community is wondering about. There's a lot of sarcasm in that statement as well. Uh-huh. Six. <laughs> Not at all. 655 this morning here on the morning drive take your thoughts comments on the eighth flooring center chat line nice to have you along your daily dose of sports and fun this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us today. Astros are off today. They'll play tomorrow at Colorado after winning 2-3 over the weekend. They uh, will play on 100.7 the score. We'll have the broadcast tomorrow at 7:10. Rangers and the Rays today. Uh, that will be at 6:30. Play-by-play at 7:05 today and tomorrow. And then the Rangers play a day game. And then we'll have uh, the coverage of the TBT on Wednesday of the Air Raiders. They'll take on the Purple Hearts. We'll have it from uh, the United Supermarkets Arena at 7.30 on uh, Wednesday night. That's exciting. Yes, I'm really yeah. looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, Jeff Haxon and Chris Lovell will be at the mic and uh, just as, as per usual. So uh, they're, they're looking for a big crowd. They already have well over 5,000 tickets sold, uh, and there's still more available. All right. I saw this last night, and this is what there was a tweet first about this, and it said that Kirby Hocutt speaking before the media on Sunday. So I don't know, I don't know where Kirby was. I haven't seen that, but then I saw this article on on3.com, which is a, a site that kind of keeps track of college news and keeps track of portal entries and movement about. Um, it's not quite as big as what I would term footballscoop.com, but I mean, it's it, it, it always has some pretty credible stuff. Um, and this article is about Texas going to the SEC and Texas Tech, which obviously will remain in the Big 12. These two teams have played each other annually since 1960, whether it was in the Southwest Conference or in the Big 12. This article says, speaking in front of Media Sunday, Red Raiders Athletic Director Kirby Hocutt expressed an interest in keeping that rivalry alive by scheduling non-conference matchups with Texas after its move to the SEC. However, he added that decision is up is ultimately up to Longhorns Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, which I don't think it's just up to him. I think there's plenty of others joking that he's, quote, scared to continue to play Tech. Now, speaking, this is kind of get the gist of this that's speaking kind of tongue-in-cheek he's still scared Hocutt said nothing has changed over the course of the year balls in their court we welcome a chance to play them now a year ago when Texas announced that they were leaving you know there was word and a lot of discussion nothing formal but that Tech and Texas would continue to play each other over the next 20 years um, but we've never seen anything formal on that. But it's just I'm inter- I'm interested in this in this article in this story or non-story maybe as it is uh, because according to this article, Texas's non-conference schedule is set through 2024. There is an opening in the 2025 season if the SEC sticks with its current eight-game model. You have a thought or an opinion on on playing them? Ongoing, the the conversation, or, or excuse me, the comment uh, I should say from Kirby Hocutt sounds like he and 
Del Conte have chatted about it numerous times before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you wouldn't see him make the comment about him being scared unless they had joked about it before. Right. Okay. Right. But is there truth in the joke? 100%. It's clear Texas Tech wants to play those games. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't think Texas is going to argue with the fact that they don't know they don't or, or, or they don't want to play them as much as Texas Tech. I'm not saying they're refusing and then they, they never will, mm-hmm. but it's just not a priority. It's not a big desire like it is for Texas Tech to play them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't think anybody is going to be offended by the comments. It was clearly, um, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Or and I don't think he was truly feeling like. Texas is scared of Texas Tech. Right. It's more of, you know, if Kirby was in that situation, he would understand we have more to gain there than they have mm-hmm. to gain. Okay? Uh, all that being said, I, I I personally hope that the the rivalry continues, and so I hope they do play in all sports. Yeah. I hope they find ways. I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be every year, but um, even if it's every two or three years that you find a way to play them in football, I, I would be a fan of it. And would, do you want that to be home and home, or do you care if it's a neutral site? I would love for it to be home and home, but I'm also a realist. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me ask you this: Do you feel you? If correct me if I'm wrong here, but you feel differently about Texas A&M and playing them every year, or playing them home and home, or playing them in a neutral site, or playing in them. For a long time, I wanted nothing to do with the Aggies. Like, they wanted to leave, be done with them, all of that. Okay? Um, So, fine, go away. But I think my opinion on that has changed in the last, I don't know, six or eight years just because I I see how much our fan base gets excited for those games. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm, you know what... You know, having lived in East Texas where it was more Aggies than anything else, I became such a anti-Aggies, don't want to deal with them. They left, good, be gone. I don't ever have to hear from them again. But now living around the Texas Tech fan base and you realize, hey, man, the fans really get excited for those games. And when you have to deal with games against, you know, Sam Houston State and SFA and all that, and those games become... You know, yes, it's a tech football game, but it, no, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Anytime you have matchups that really get the fan base jacked up, really excited, I'm in favor of that. Okay, so um, again, I'm more in favor of us uh, playing the Aggies and Longhorns more than I was, you know, eight or nine years ago, just because I, I want the excitement. I want that for the fan base. I know that's what gets them really going and gets them really excited. Again, I'm a realist, okay? You you you, you can't sit here and I only want to play them if we play them home and home. That's not going to happen. So just basically say, all right, I don't want to play them because yeah. they're not coming here. Yeah. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So don't say that. I only want to play them if they're going to go home and home. Just say, don't want to play them. Mm-hmm. Done. Because they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not coming. So yeah. if you want to play in a neutral site, that's fine, okay? Um, if, if Texas Tech if we find out on next year's football schedule that Texas Tech is playing in College Station, you think our fan base will be excited? Uh, they'll be. They would be excited if they yes. knew that they yeah. knew they knew that A and M was going to come to here, come here the following year. They would be excited if Regardless. Tech and A and M were on the schedule. A lot of them would buy tickets and go down there and watch the game. And the ones that didn't would be super stoked for that A and M game. Period. Yeah. So I'm right there with them. Period. I, okay, I, I don't want to go there every year, mm-hmm. but if every once in a while we went and played in College Station or we played in Austin, I'm I'm good with that. Would you do a uh, two for one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's not getting it. Do you? I get it. Doing zero and three. The I, words they're coming no, out of my it. mouth. I get it. No, Chuck, I understand. He would do an zero and three over twenty years. You I go there three I do, times. I don't know if I do an 0 and 3. But that's what Jamie is saying is that I don't know if Jamie would do an 0 and 3. I would do an 0 and 3. You would. Jamie okay. is saying I would do an 0 and 3. Oh, wow. Well, you just I wouldn't do it for there. three straight years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But over the course of 12 or 15 years? Yeah. Did you did you notice a little extra uh jump in the game when when Tech and A&M played uh, baseball, you know, that 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you were not happy with the fact of when that game was played because you felt like that there would have been more fans there if it had been. It still was good. It was still the best atmosphere of that weekend, but it, they moved it from Saturday night, which would have been amazing. Amazing atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to Sunday. Um, and Monday. Yeah. To mon to Monday. No, I went from Sunday to Monday. Sunday to Monday. Remember, it was yeah. 16 innings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Started Sunday. Right. <laughs> finished on Monday. Yeah. Um, have they really been gone? Have they really been gone this long? I guess they have. The, he said, weird to say, but the Yankees being gone for 11 years has made them fade from memory a bit. Yeah, but like when Jamie pointed out, when you see A&M on the schedule, mm-hmm. It, it there's a, a scene. Your blood kind I, of I, starts yeah. to percolate. And, a little and bit. I think I, I I felt this during the pregame show. Like, okay, yeah, the Aggies are gone. Like, my hatred for them is less now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the, we're in the pregame show, and all of a sudden the fans down there in Houston start doing their little thing, whatever they do, their chant, whatever, their little whoop thing, too. and their hullabaloo, whatever. And I just start getting nauseous, and I'm like. <laughs> remember how much I hate these people. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were just being fans. They were singing their song. But just hearing their song mm-hmm. made me, oh yeah, forgot my blood boils at the side of these people. Yeah. I don't know. July 1 of 2012 is when Missouri and Texas A&M officially became members of the Southeastern Conference. 11 years. Wow. Uh, somebody says this, I hate Texas, don't play them. No, I want to play them. I want to play both those schools and, and all sports. So, I, I, but I'm I'm like Jamie, I, I, I do realize that that's probably not going to happen and probably won't be home and home and probably would be a neutral site. Maybe you'd have to be a bowl game uh, if it's football. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Continue to take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Hit us up on the Visual Edge IT hotline. Uh, I met Jamie on Saturday, another Morning Drive listener whom I had not met before. So, David, I met on Saturday, okay, as I was out uh, running my errands. That's good. So it was nice to meet nice to meet David. I've known his wife, but uh, did not know him and did not know that he was a Morning drive listener okay so there you go all right so welcome to david to our throng of legion of thousands that have joined this fine radio program so your question for all of us is all right my question for you guys today mm-hmm. is surrounding texas tech versus texas okay and mm-hmm. you uh cannot say the 2008 football game crabtree catch okay okay I just want you to tell me your favorite victory, all sports across the board against the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, uh, the 2002 game comes to mind. That was uh, Cliff Kingsbury's last home game. Uh, our daughter was on the Palm Squad at the time, and she got injured in that game, so that was a bit unfortunate. But um, and that was your favorite. Well, I mean, the, the the ending for the team was really good. Her ending was not good, <laughs> but the the ending for the team was really important. Um, I got to tell you, I mean, going down to Austin and playing at the Irwin Center two years ago with uh, women's basketball and the way that the Lady Raiders took down, not only took down Vic Schaefer, but also took down the team. You know, Coach Gurley took down Vic Schaefer, and then the team took care of business in the second half. The infamous fight game. She didn't back down. Took down Coach Schaefer? Did she put him in oh, a headlock Chuck was ready. And get no. him on the ground? Chuck was, off, she was she behind was, the counter ready to go. I think she would have, I think she would have if she didn't need to. I think she would have put one of those high heels into his temple. That would have, have been it. Well, that just got a little dark. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that – I'm going to say the – I'm going to say the 2002 um, football game at at home because that was a really good football game and it was a big crowd, huge crowd, and uh, it was a nice come from behind victory as memory serves me. Okay. See, this is tough because you've you've taken away the easy one. I mean the 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 08 mm-hmm. hands and above, but if I've got to go a two, I'm kind of going between 
Kenan's dagger mm. and the uh, tech win at uh, when Chris Beard came back here. Mm. Oh yeah, the the everything that went in both of those games. Um, the dagger was just awesome because it was the last second shot. Nothing you. Everybody knew where the ball was going to go, and he just absolutely nailed it to get that game. And then the dominance that you had over Texas here with that crowd and the you, you've you got guys who are booing their former coach that just make us embrace them more. I, I, I Not lean just toward talking trash, too. Oh, it was yeah. uh, everybody talking cra- trash to Beard. And um, I, I guess I got to go the, the the Chris Beard game. Over the dagger from from Keenan, but that the Keenan shots one of my favorite shots against Texas ever. Yeah, there's a lot of baseball ones that jump out to me. Stealing um, home, obviously, Kurt Wilson's steal of home probably be the top of of that list. Then the next night, Kurt Wilson's grand slam um, was pretty cool as he wins it both nights. But none of them are close. None of them are even close to the Chris Beard game. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, I mean the thought of losing that game mm-hmm. that make your stomach turn a little bit. And I was definitely nervous going into it, but extremely excited and happy when we won it. Mm-hmm. it pretty much everything, the way it all transpired. It was also a super fun night. I thought the students made it so much fun with all their silly signs and all that good stuff. But uh, just the the way our team battled and and they were down in that game early and then you know got some bounces uh, on some balls at the rim that felt like weren't going in and all of a sudden it changed the momentum and then you know Bryson Williams was terrific and um man I just that game was so awesome so yeah. to me that that's it's far and away far and away uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, the Beard game without question, maybe even over the 08 Texas game. Wow. <laughs> it's like in the conversation, that's how much I wanted to win that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, this. If if after the 08 Texas win, it had led you to something great, okay. Mm-hmm. That would have helped. But uh, that all kind of crumbled I, there I can't think end. of 08 Texas without thinking of 08 Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, this. How about Mark Adams punking beer the night before? Okay. Uh, I think with uh, calling Chris Beard for tickets, I think it was what he... Because Beard always did that to Adams. Okay. I think that was one of those things. Uh, Beard's no, return is number one for me. Uh, tech taking a three-game baseball sweep a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of people have brought up uh, Little People, Big World Play. That was yep. the... Thanksgiving uh, play there when we beat I would Texas love at their house. to have that highlight, but no one knew what was going on in that play. TV broadcasters didn't get it. Radio guys didn't get it. The opposing broadcasters didn't get it. It was one of those plays that at the end they're like, "And Jakeen Grant scores." <laughs> How did that? Where? And they have to go back and watch the replay, and then the all the excitement is gone because they're trying to figure out how it happened. Mm-hmm. All three broadcasts. Shaquem Brandt was in town this past weekend for a, yeah. a football camp. And that was the same game, right, that Jakeem caught the the ricochet on a pass that should have been intercepted intercepted, and then it bounced off the DB and bounced to Jakeem and he ran it back or ran it in for a long touchdown too. So he had some amazing plays in that contest. That was a good one. Yeah. So I I hate that that, that series is gonna end and and uh, I just it makes me wonder about, you know, college football and college sports in general in terms of, you know, where the, where's it going to be in 10 years? Where's it going to be in 20 years? Because, you know, does it – will the the loss of these rivalries, whether it's Tech Texas or whomever, doesn't matter. There's rivalries all across the country that are, that are being split up. I mean, USC and Stanford and USC and everybody in the Pac-12 or U, UCLA. You know, what – what happens? Does the attrition of just the non kind of sport like that, where you have that sports hate, um, what's the effect on college sports and viewing and attendance and passion? Does it or does it matter? But that's that's not something that you're not going to know for, and because you could say, well, how was that affected? You know, with A and M leaving the Big Twelve, did that really affect? 
the passion of college football? No, college football has grown in the last 10 years. And college sports have grown in, in the past 10 years. The TV right money has, you know, gone through the roof in the last 10 years. I don't think I'm, like, jumping out on a limb and saying this. I, I, I don't think it's is going to be as bad as you and I would have thought it was going to be. And I think part of the reason here is just – I just think um, – and I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to be critical. I'm not trying to be that guy. But I, I think that the younger generation has known – football like this and has mm-hmm. known college sports like this i think the younger generation probably is not as bothered by transfer portal and nil stuff just because they didn't grow up forever this is the way it's always been yeah and so it's easier for them to accept eh, so they're doing things different now whatever you know I, th- I think it's easier for them to see it to see change and not be bothered by it as much as you know, a couple of old fuddy-duddies like you and I who have mm-hmm. lived through, okay, sports have been this way for a long time and college athletics have been this way for a long time and um, it should always be this way. And so I think it's different. So I think that with the way the teams have moved around with different conferences and rivalries go away, I just don't know that kids are or have been brought up um, that, hey, this is the way it is and it should stay this way. Yeah. And so I think that they handle it better than – than maybe you and I do, mm-hmm. and I. So I think ultimately that's a good thing for college football and college athletics. That you know the younger generation is going to say, "Okay, you're changing things, you're doing things different." Okay, no big deal. The herd thins, you know, with the yeah. with the old hats and yeah. the the new people is like, "No, it's just hey, this is how we, this is how it is." You and I are going to die off here in a few weeks or a few years anyway. So you know, the new generation will. <laughs> Hope I got more than a few weeks. I'm kind of counting on that. <laughs> These young whippersnappers will take over the sports hard, working, watching for us. I'm working really hard so that I can have some time to put my feet up. But at some point in time, but man, you got me gone in a few weeks and to hell with everything. Uh, 7.40 this morning on the morning drive. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Zone defense for a while there. Now it's man-to-man. Straight on Francis. Throws it in where it's knocked away. Six on the shot clock. It's recovered at midcourt. Right corner Mooney falls away for three. Banked it in. Hello, Moon Swag, Moon Shot. Hi, that's the voice of Jeff Haxton. You'll hear him Wednesday night at United Supermarkets Arena when the Air Raiders take on the Purple Hearts as part of the TBT. And uh, the guy that uh, he said hit that bang, guns up three balls with us on the Visual Edge IT hotline. Good morning, Matt Mooney. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Did you hear that little play-by-play? That gets you fired up, Matt? Get you ready to go? Oh, yeah, man. I miss uh, hearing Hax's voice. Well, you'll be able to if you're uh, if I don't know if you I don't know if you can hear him while you're on the floor, but he'll be uh, he'll be courtside on uh, on Wednesday night when your uh, Air Raider team takes on uh, the Purple Hearts. Uh, Matt's been playing in Turkey. Tell us about your experience since leaving the Red Raiders in 2019. Just Turkey or everything? Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, I've been everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to go through the whole resume, but I just what's the highlight, Matt? <laughs> Yeah, so I was in uh, I was in Memphis right after G League, then I got signed by Cleveland on a two way. Played a little bit in the NBA, and I got uh, and I was with Toronto in the G League, then Mexico City in the G League. Then I got a ten day with New York. Then I went to Spain, and then this past year I was in Turkey. So I was yeah I was I've been everywhere. I've been all over the world, all over the country. I'm actually going back to Turkey next year um you know it's a good league and it's actually you know better living than you would expect or than i expected at least i think when i hear turkey i think middle east i'm not really sure what to expect but you know the lifestyle over there is pretty good it's not america but it's not bad Matt, in this transfer portal era, it seems like a lot of players come and go and guys will go to a school and they'll be there for a year and it doesn't ever feel like they're really part of it. A compliment to you and Tariq who came here and played a year and obviously the fan base loved you guys, 
but you guys appear to still love the community of Lubbock and really have been just bought into being lifelong Red Raiders. Now, why do you feel like that? What about this community? What about this fan base has you guys, you know, still Red Raiders to this day? Yeah, I think it's like that for us because we finished our career here and we had a really special year. And, uh, you know, this community really embraced us. The the fans were incredible. The support's been incredible. And, you know, I really love the people in Lubbock. Like, I know a lot of people. You know, sometimes Lubbock gets talked down on for not being, you know, the greatest city or people say there's not much to do. But I don't need – I don't I don't care about that. I just love the people down here. They really – they treat us great. And um, – they just show us a lot of love. They support me. I, I do my camp every year. I stay in touch with a lot of people here in Lubbock. And, you know, I always have a place to stay when I come in town. I got people who want to take me out to lunch, take me out to dinner. And it's just, uh, feels like, it feels like home to me. So I think it's really the people. It's kind of a cliche answer, but that's what it is. Have you uh, had to buy a meal here in uh, Lubbock on this trip? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I ordered meal prep before I came here. Okay. Because uh, I need to to kind of eat healthy and eat a certain way. But there have been meals covered by people here. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so you had your first practice, right, with uh, your teammates with the TBT with the Air Raiders? Uh, how did How did that go? And uh, who Who were you excited to see? Yeah, we had our first practice. We have two practices. Uh, you know, we have a couple guys that aren't here yet. Tariq, Moretti, and, uh, Kyler, Kravich, I think just – well, Tariq got here yesterday, but I think those other guys are coming in today or tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, you can't do everything you want to do just because you don't have the full team in. But, uh, you know, practice went well. You know, John Roberson looks looks good and – you know, he he can really play. I actually played him this year in Turkey. So now we got some we got some great players. I'm excited to play with some new guys and obviously to play with those guys that play within the Final Four. Matt, I'm sure it's cool to to play with those guys that you did play with before, but it is also exciting to to meet some of these other guys that uh, played before you here at Texas Tech and get the opportunity to uh, lace it up with them. Oh yeah, no, I'm really excited to play with like. Like I just said, Roberson, um, you know, Zach Smith, he's another lab threat. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, Todrick Gocher would be on your would be on that list too, right? Yeah, Gocher was in there yesterday. We've been we haven't been playing together yet. Actually, we've been on other opposite teams, but yeah, Gocher is Gocher's a great player, man. He really knows how to play. He can shoot the ball. Davion Warren can really fill it up. He's a good player, so. I'm excited. I actually played with Kravitz a little bit overseas. Um, Parker Hicks is playing. He really knows knows how to play. Smart player. So, yeah, I'm excited to play with guys. I mean, it's fun to play with good players. Uh, Matt, what do you think? What's the style of play going to be for this team? And and how does this how does this work with this TBT? And because it it seems like the game's going to go pretty fast. And and so what what can fans expect to see from from you guys on Wednesday night at uh, at eight o'clock? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty fast paced. You know, Coach Stout comes from NBA. I think he he's been scouting in the NBA and you know NBA style is faster paced. You run a lot of quick hitters. You don't run a lot of like long developing sets. But um, now we're just trying to put a little bit of structure in, and then we play free out of that. And you only have a couple days to prepare, so. Um, I think we're going to play pretty fast. You know, we want to get out and, uh, you know, pressure guys defensively. That's kind of what we've been known for. It's just you got to put together a defensive structure in a couple days. It's not easy. Um, But we got a lot of guys that can shoot the ball, so I think we'll get a lot of threes up. And then we got some great athletes. Is one of the big challenges just kind of mixing the chemistry together in such a short period of time? Oh yeah, it's uh, that's like the biggest challenge I think. I think that's but 
you know, it's a challenge for every team in this. So it's not like we're at a disadvantage. We're actually at an advantage because we've got guys that have played together before. So just a, a matter of getting together and playing a little bit and figuring out, you know, a little bit of chemistry and guys' tendencies. You know, where do guys want the ball? What's their game like? Where should you pass it to them? Where can they score from? You know, what what are their tendencies just so you know how to play with them? Any uh, surprises, uh, additions to the roster, uh, Matt? Uh, still uh, got a spot for Jared Culver or anybody like that, or is it uh, pretty well set at this point? Yeah, we have a spot, but I don't think that, you know, Jared's not going to play. Um, you know, the thing about TBT is, you know, agents, at least my agent, not thrilled about us playing because there's not a – I mean – like, yeah, it's good to play and it's good competition. It's actually, you know, there's a lot of good players in it, but they don't want anybody getting hurt, right? So it's hard to convince agents to play because they'd rather you just, you know, not, not get hurt and be ready for next year. Um, so I think most guys, their agents aren't not not, uh, not letting them play. Um, but I know Jarrett's a free agent. Zaire's a free agent. Yeah, we were trying to get, we're trying to get those guys and Bryson Williams, even Kevin O'Banner. Um, but uh, I think for right now, the roster is pretty much set. How big of an advantage do you think it is for you guys? And just how excited are you about the fact that you're playing at, at home here in Lubbock? It's going to be a weird feeling being back out there on the court. I tell you that much. It's going to be kind of surreal, but I'm excited. I mean, you, you finish your college career and you just, like for me at least, uh, I just had one year here, but that was, I mean, that was so much fun playing in front of those fans and it just goes by so fast. And it's like, man, if I could do that one more time. So I'm excited to do that again. Hey, how about the way that these games are going to end, uh, Matt? Do you, do you understand how that all works in terms of the, you know, the plus and the, you know, getting to a certain score and, and how that might change the end of a game? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I've been watching it. I mean, I watched the TBT, so I think the endings is pretty cool, and you got to finish on a made basket. I, do you want me to explain it? Or you well, that's that, that. We're running out of time, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, you got the bottom line is you finish on a made basket. Yeah, kind of a yeah. walk off. Yeah. All right, Matt. We'll see you Wednesday, and we'll uh, have the game for you on uh, Double T ninety seven three and Double T ninety seven three dot com with the Air Raiders at uh, seven thirty with uh, Jeff Haxton and Chris Lovell here on Double T ninety seven three. You can get your tickets. Uh, go to the Double T ninety seven three chat wall. You can click on it right there, and it boom takes you right to where you need to go. Or call select a seat, and they'll take care of you too. That's uh, Matt Mooney with us on the Visual Edge IT Hotline. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.